all the latest updates on your local and regional sports. This is Sports Talk on 92 WICB Ithaca. Welcome into episode number five of Sports Talk here on WICB. I'm your host, Cam Manna. Tonight we bring you two feature interviews with Lee Fogler, the goalie of Ithaca men's soccer team, and Christia Peak of the Bombers women's golf team. First, we will go to Ori Grady, who got the chance to talk to the 2020 Liberty League Rookie of the Year, Christia Peak, about her passion for golf and her Ithaca career. Welcome back to WICB 91.7. I'm Ori Grady. And for this week, we have one of our interviews with a very special guest who plays and spends her time on the golf course and is a member of the Ithaca College golf team, Christia Park. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Thank you. So, Christia, um, you have a very long list of accomplishments, so I'm just going to give like the full rundown to let our listeners know who they are dealing with today. In high school, you were the team captain for the Wissat Hickon golf team. That, that's correct. Yeah. Uh, you were on the first team suburban one league for three season and was the team leader for two PIAA state championship appearances. And last season in your second year, you were the Liberty League first team and rookie of the year and the Liberty League golfer of the week. This season, you have also been playing very well and you have the Williams Invitational this weekend. How about we just get straight into things? So what got you into playing golf in the first place? Well, I grew up with my um, parents always playing golf and I remember going to courses with my dad with like one mm-hmm. seven iron in hand and playing golf with him. And like as much as I could. So I was just swinging like randomly and I would just hit the fairways like all the time. And it ended up becoming more of like a passion for me when my dad realized like, like he enjoyed it and I enjoyed it. And like, I had some kind of like talent there. So he started taking me to a coach. And then after that, it just kind of like escalated and escalated. And actually at one point I was practicing three hours a day. So I wanted to become a professional. At one wow. Point. When was this? When I was like 10, like I'm going to assume like fourth or fifth grade. I was like Mm -hmm. super, super hard. And I actually fell out of love with the sport. And then I stopped in middle school completely because it was just really taxing on me at such a young age. And then I got back into it in high school and then I fell in love with it all over again. And actually for the better, I think. so. That's awesome. So you were talking about how you fell in love with it. But what about the game do you love most now and what has made you continue playing at the college level? Um, well, the college level thing is actually I was really debating on whether I should play in high school, like after high mm-hmm. school in college. And I came here and I committed and I had my doubts because golf comes with a lot of stress and a lot of pressures. And I'm very competitive and like hard on myself. So I add to that, sadly. But um my coach I met the best coach here so honestly he's the one that reignited that passion for me again and like I truly enjoy playing now and like part of what I enjoy so much is like it's such a challenge it's right something that I can always work on something I can always play in the future as well but also like when you're playing good golf or even when you're just like scrapping together a good round like mm-hmm. you can shoot a good score by just scrapping things together and right. like at the end of it you look back and you're like whoa like that was a lot or like wow like that shot was good and and like those feelings is like 
that feeling of accomplishment is something that like you don't get to feel all the time and it's such right. a sport so it makes it even like harder on myself and like it's such a mental sport too so I've just learned a lot and I've grown a lot through golf and like I don't think I could ever like throw that away so that's just mm-hmm. something that makes me just want to keep playing and keep getting better but it is really hard so yeah golf is so much more than just a physical game it's so much mental and it requires so much mental strength especially when you're on the course and and competing it's such a challenge so how do you cope with the mental pressures during a long let's say 36 hole tournament um you know what i'm not gonna lie to you i'm still working on it i think Mm -hmm. every player has a long way to go including professionals they're just a little bit better than me at it but I have been working on my confidence levels. I think that uh, something my coach says to me a lot is like, you're a great hitter. You're a good player. And like, you've practiced enough. It's just the fact that when you get over the ball, you're doubting yourself or like you look at yourself and you doubt yourself. And like, I think that's a flaw of mine and I've been really working on it. And I also think that I try to control what I think like over overthinking like when I'm over the ball right me like play really well and I think it's been working a lot and honestly this season if I'm going to tell you the truth I truth I think I've been working a lot on my physical like swing Mm -hmm. and it's going through a lot of changes which normally wouldn't give me such a good season but I think that while I'm doing that like I'm also working a lot on my mental side like a lot and I think that yeah. that's what's like really pushing me through. So I enjoy the journey, but the mental side is definitely hard. Right. So you were named Women's Golf Co-Performer of the Week recently, last week. How do you focus and prepare during the week between tournaments, depending on which courses you will play? So I know you have the Invitational this weekend. What's a normal week routine for you? Well, so Mondays are off day, so I genuinely take a break. <laughs> like I, mm-hmm. everyone needs to take a break of, from like studying or school at one point. So um, I just decompress and then I'm always like working out and like lifting in between the week. Um, and I like, I just like to practice. I like to be the best that I can be. And I think I try to reset. And like, as much as I played really well last weekend, and I know I like put everything into it like every week's going to be different and that's what's unique about golf I think is that your swing is never going to be exactly the same yeah as much as you swing it's never going to be exactly the same and your feeling isn't going to be exactly the same so I think that I just I just keep swinging and then the next week like I'm like what's my problem now or like what am I going to work on now and like I think if you're ever like satisfied with yourself your swing I feel like that's almost a problem where it's like you sh- I feel like I should be pushing to grow, mm-hmm. but also like searching out for problems isn't a great thing, obviously, but I'm just always working on something. And mm-hmm. I think that like my mindset is always like whatever happened in the past is it happened in the past and I can just learn from it. But like, that doesn't mean I'm going to shoot like 76 again this weekend. Like, I don't know. So like, right. I keep working on it and work on what I need to improve on because I can always improve. So. I love that. I love that a lot. So for this week, specifically for the Williams Invitational, do you study each individual hole in the course and you try to prepare strategies in advance? Or are you a type of player who likes to go one hole at a time while you're playing and maybe see what you can do off off the tee box 
the next hole? What's your strategy uh, going into? Actually, we go over the the 18 holes before we like end up playing. So right. we have like, notes and stuff and our grad assistant and our coach, like we read through them together and um, it really helps. But then again, like if you don't have a practice round, then there's not much you can do other than that. So mm-hmm. I try to look up like um, pictures and like trying to like picture it in my head. But like I have played this course before. So you I have. Yeah, okay. my freshman year. So I'm sure that when I get back on like uh, the golf course, I'll be able to recognize like little things, but it's definitely still kind of like a shocker when I get there a little bit. Mm-hmm. But um, I just, I don't know. I just think that like I'm taking it hole by hole in a way too, because as much as the notes can help me, there's only so much you can do when you're in the moment. So I think the notes really help. But um, then again, like I haven't played since freshman year. So it's like, <laughs> kind of a fresh feeling for me. golf is an individual sport yet it is also a team sport when played as a team like you are now what's the biggest difference between playing as a team or playing as an individual let's say in an individual competition i would honestly say that there are definitely definitely differences mm-hmm. but at the end of the day i am playing by myself right and mm-hmm. it is definitely an individual individual mindset that I have so it's very I like to focus on myself and like I I think that when I think about like what's my teammate doing or like how is that person doing I can get competitive I know myself so like it's just better for me to just like think about myself and I'm like okay you know what you're doing and you will have enough to work on like by yourself so there's no point in worrying mm-hmm. about other people but at the end of the day, when like we're like put together and then their scores add up, I definitely I'm always rooting for my team, though. Like even if I play bad, I think that I'm always rooting for them. And that's yeah. a great feeling to have that, like you can also like in a way lean on someone else. Like in a way you can be like, oh, like you guys, it's so good. Like you can make up for my loss today. And like I'll obviously try my best to do the next time. And, like, it's also nice when, like, I play bad and then my teammates are there to pick me up. Like, that's a great feeling because you don't really get that when you're playing alone. Yeah. But when I am playing alone, it's definitely even more of, like, um, just attention on my skills and, like, what I'm doing. And, like, it's more of a mind game, I think, almost. Like, just in the tiniest way because either way I'm still focusing on myself. But it gives, like, that team aspect is a little bit of forgiveness on myself, I think. Like, like that. Yeah. Of, um, okay. Like I didn't do well today, but I, I'm going to try tomorrow. Like, and my teammates are there to like, help me feel a little better. But when I finish at the end of the day by myself, it's a little bit more pressure on myself. And like, I know I do it to myself. So, but the mental state is just very, it's still focused on me. And I think like, I'm going to do all that I can do to help myself and my team. And like, I feel like when I put that pressure of like my team on top of me, it doesn't really help me. So I just yeah. talk about everything else and I'm just trying to play my game. I like that a lot. So time is kind of going down the drain here, but I have one last question for you. I might know the answer, but I'm not quite sure. If you had to pick three clubs, that's three clubs from the back to play a quick nine holes. What are those three clubs? I'm going to choose my putter. Your putter. Yeah. I'm going to choose... Mm, my sand i think sandwich i think short game's been pretty good so i feel like that's like an in-between club that i could work with you know Mm -hmm. um 
and I think I'm going to choose a seven iron because I think interesting. I, I think that I don't, I think that you can hit your irons pretty solid and like straight, and you can also use them to get out of places that you shouldn't be. Right. Um, and seven iron is that medium like distance where I think you can do. A yeah. Lot. But so, like little at the same time, you know? So, yeah. So you wouldn't call yourself a law knocker. I, I, it's interesting that you didn't pick the driver here. So I, you'd prefer to hit it down the middle with a seven iron and then lay up with a sandwich and trust your short game that you're going to make a nice 10 footer for par or something. Yeah, actually, my driver's been going through some changes. So I see. I guess it, but even with, even if it was, I think that accuracy is more important than distance always. So you can always work with um, accuracy, but I don't think you can work with just distance and like kind of hitting it left and right. And I think short game is the most important part of your game. And it has been working for me really well this season. So I'm going to trust it. I'm going to go with that. <laughs> That's great. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this week on WICB 91.7. I'm Ori Grady. Thank you so much, Christia. That was a pleasure. Thank you, Ori. It's fascinating to see how long Christia has been playing golf since the age of 10. She's been playing the sport, but as we heard, she fell out of love with the game multiple times. But now here at Ithaca College, Keith Batson um, just drew Christia back to having fun with the sport. And having fun with your sport is a key factor towards success, and that is something the Ithaca football team has been able to do this fall. The Bombers team moved to 4-0 on the year by narrowly defeating number 21 Hobart College 28-21 at Butterfield Stadium. The Bombers defense was able to come through when it mattered most, getting two red zone stops in the final two minutes. Senior Anthony Robinson had a pick for Ithaca early on and a few crucial late pass deflections. The offense had a strong afternoon with A.J. Wingfield tossing two touchdowns and running for one. His biggest pass of the contest was the late touchdown to Andrew Vito to put the Bombers on top. On the last play of the game, Hobart had one more shot at the end zone and could not convert. Ithaca's playing safe in the secondary. They have 16 yards of work with. Grusin drops the ball, picks it back up. He's got pressure coming in the middle of the field. Seven seconds, six, five, brought down inbounds, and that's going to do it for the game. Clock runs. Ithaca wins 28-21, and Coach Swanstrom is fired up on the sideline. What a play to end things for Hobart, and Ithaca comes up with a huge conference win at home at Butterfield Stadium. WICB sideline reporter Jaden Becker caught up with senior cornerback Anthony Robinson after the game. Jaden Becker here for 92 WICB Ithaca, and final score of 28 to 21 here with cornerback uh, Anthony Robinson. How are you feeling after that game? Almost like a boxing match, that guy. Boxing match, man. It went all, it went all the way through too. I'm feeling good though. I'm just glad we got the win. You know, they shouldn't have get, got that many points, but we're gonna fix it starting on Sunday. You know, I'm just I'm just blessed, man. Great atmosphere. We won. So I'm just glad right now. How important was that atmosphere? The crowd is, was going absolutely ballistic in the second half. As a defensive player, how important was that? That's everything. That's our 12th man right there. You feel me? I got my mom in the stands all the way from Florida, so it just meant everything to do it in front of this big crowd. Coming all the way from Florida. Fantastic to hear. What were you seeing out there defensively? You had an interception this game. What were you seeing out there that made you so successful in this one? Um, I watch film, man. I see the plays before they happen. Like, you watch it all week long, you get the scout reps in practice, and then it comes alive, so you know exactly where to go. Hopping into Liberty League action this week, going up against Hobart, obviously a fantastic showing. What are you looking forward to now going throughout to the rest of the season? I'm just looking to get better on Sunday. All of our teammates, it's behind us now. We're going to celebrate. We're just focus on Sunday. Whoever we got next, faceless opponent, nameless opponent, just bring them on.
Bring them on, indeed. Thank you so much. Highly appreciated. A reminder, you can catch every Ithaca College football game here on 91.7 WICB. Their next contest is on Saturday against the Yellow Jackets of Rochester University. Kickoff is at noon. Now let's take a look at some local high school scores. Ithaca High School boys soccer team defeated Johnson City High School 9-0 on Thursday. Having a look at Ithaca High School tennis now, on Thursday they defeated Union Endicott High, moving to 8-0 on the season. Moving on to the past week in Cornell sports on Friday, the Big Red football team fell to Caldwell University 32-12. And also on Friday, the Cornell women's volleyball team lost to Brown in four sets, 3-1. Moving it over to the South Hill, let's take a look at the past week in Ithaca College athletics. On Friday, the volleyball team was defeated in a four-set showdown against Scranton by a score of 3-1. The men's soccer team on Wednesday took down Hobart in a narrow 1-0 victory. And the field hockey team extended their winning streak to four on Wednesday with a 1-0 win over Cutica College. Now it's time to toss it over to Toby Zabore, who is joined by Lee Fulger of the Ithaca College men's soccer team. Toby, take it away. So I'm with Lee Folger of the men's soccer team. Once again, yeah, thank you for doing this with me. Yeah, my pleasure. Uh, I remember being a <clears throat> first-year student in Park, um, and it's uh, it can definitely be daunting, but the fact that you're doing what you're doing is a great testament to your work ethic, so that's awesome, man. Thank you so much. And, yeah, to start us off, how much fun are you kind of having this season so far? Yeah, um, I'm definitely having uh, – a really good time. Uh, it started off less fun, but uh, we definitely sorted some things out, and I'm I'm really proud of where the group is at right now. And it's um, it's it's a fun time right now to be an Ithaca soccer player because we're we're figuring out the right things at the right time, and hopefully we can keep things rolling. <laughs> and then last year, what did you do to keep yourself ready for the return of soccer this year? Yeah. So. Um, it was definitely difficult, especially because soccer is such a team sport um, and goalkeeper is a really unique position in terms of staying in shape. Um, but thankfully, uh, my girlfriend also plays college soccer and she's from around the same area. I am back home in North Carolina. Um, so I was able to play with her a lot, which was great. Really good way to stay sharp. She's a great player herself. So like to be able to train both of us simultaneously is wonderful. We did the same thing this last summer. She lived with me up here in Ithaca um, and we just trained just about every day. So I'm really, really lucky in that. And then also um, I've got a group of friends back home, uh, guys I grew up playing with, guys who I've met more recently, who um, when it was safe to do so, we trained and um, we tried to do so in, in, in the safest way possible. Um, and then on my own, I would do some stuff. I would, I would run on my own. Um, the gyms obviously weren't an option, which was unfortunate because it's, it's always a good habit to stay in shape and do a little bit of weight training. But um, we also did a good job of, as a team collectively, even though we were separate from each other, we did some different things to keep each other accountable. Um, and that came from the leadership. And uh, I think that went really well in terms of having guys in shape so that unfortunately when the season was canceled, I mean, guys were fit, like they were ready to play if it was going to happen. Um, but obviously, unfortunately it didn't end up working out in 2020. Yeah. And so kind of onto that, did you find it difficult to get started back up this season or did you feel like it was kind of, all that work you put in over the last two summers really built up to it. I think for the most part, a lot of us never really stopped. Um, I think soccer inherently is such a year round sport. Um, when you're growing up, you play school for me personally, school was in the fall and then winter through spring was club. Um, 
and then summer was always the camp circuit. So it's always the sport that's been pretty inherently year round. And honestly, for, for almost any college athlete, their sport is year round. So all I've known since I was about 13, 14 is just playing soccer all the time. Um, so it was difficult, obviously, because COVID made things really complicated and you wanted to make sure you're doing things safely and intelligently. But um, I think once we got back to this fall, we knew that things were going to be safe. We knew things were kind of, once we were assured that things were going to be happening, I think once we kind of got the green light, everyone was just kind of itching and ready to go. Um, so I think it was really just a matter of when um, we were able to come back. Yeah, and so as one of three goalies on the team this year, what did you kind of do to make yourself stand out to the coaches? Yeah, so uh, it's always been a, a unique position that I've been in. Uh, so my freshman year, actually in high school when I committed, um, I was basically more or less promised a, a walk-on spot. And then we got a new coach going into my freshman year um, who had no preconceived notions of any of us. And then uh, when I show up on campus, we have a Division One transfer um, who played in the MLS Academy and uh, – to this day, he's one of the best goalkeepers I've ever played with, Max Lichtenstein. I'm sure if you look back in the last few years, he was a staple, a fantastic player. It's, I, I tell guys this story. Um, I knew about 10 minutes in to my first practice my freshman year that he was that good, um, where he was going to – the guys of, at, at that level who have that level of confidence are just different. Like, they just – the way they carry themselves, uh, and he was no different. Um, one of the most confident players I've ever met. And that was part of what made him so great. He's a great goalkeeper. Uh, he was a great leader. So I was um, his backup, depending on the depth chart year to year, um, for three years. So that was something that um, is definitely difficult because as goalkeeper, if you're playing in college, it means you were the best goalkeeper on your team from age probably 13 to 18 for the most part. Obviously, there's different cases, but a goalkeeper is not a player who usually rotates. It's just not part of the position for the most part. So to get to college and then have that completely flip on its head, where in my first three years, uh, my freshman year towards the end of the season, when we weren't going to make playoffs, I played in the last two games. Uh, Max was hurt and I had worked my way up the depth chart. And then my sophomore year, um, I was back down to the bottom of the depth chart. Um, the coach brought in some two young guys who he saw really highly. He felt really, he thought really highly of, and I was back down to the bottom of the pecking order. And then in 2019, um, I was again, second string. I'd worked my way back up to be in a position where if God forbid something happened to Max, I was in. But um, between those three years, I appeared in three games, I believe. So um, part of why I actually came back um, instead of graduating um, in 2020 was that um, I wanted to have a chance to play. I'm a competitor. I love soccer. I love my team. I love the school. I wanted to have a chance to play and represent this school. Um, and especially once I got voted a captain um, the summer of 2020, um, I felt like I had a chance to do something really special to myself, um, which I, uh, to play on this team as a captain um, is something that I've always dreamt of. And um, to be kind of living that right now is wonderful. Um, but going into this season specifically, um, Ian and Josh are two really talented, great goalkeepers. It's uh, my heart goes out to both of them for things being the way they are. Uh, Josh suffered a really, really terrible injury against Lycoming. Um, had to be hospitalized after the game. And I'm, I'm glad he's back in around the team now. He's not training. I think he's unless something miraculous happens. It, it sounds like he's done for the season, which is heartbreaking for him because um, similar to me, he worked really hard for his opportunity. And when he got to play, he was fantastic. Uh, he's a great goalkeeper and, 
I knew every day in training for three years, um, just how great he was. So to see, I was really happy to see him get his chance. Um, and then when Ian got his chance, he was great as well. Uh, he's younger, obviously he's going to do great things here. Um, I'm, I'm really excited to, as, as I'm gone to look back and see what he's doing because he's going to be fantastic. He already is fantastic, but he's going to do amazing things here. Um, so to see him go down with an injury was really hard for me too. Cause these are two guys that are my friends. I love these kids. I train with them every day. I'm, I'm, I'm close quarters with them all the time. So to see two guys that I really care about have that opportunity and then lose it, um, due to injury was really, really tough. Um, but it, it gave me a chance to play. Um, and, uh, so far I've just tried to make the most of it. And, uh, I, I tell the guys all the time, as long as I'm not putting us in a position to lose games, I'm doing just fine. So, um, it's definitely been a really up and down year because before the first game, uh, I was, I was pegged to be the starter and then I hurt my shoulder. Uh, you can kind of see it here. I've got some tape on my shoulder. I'm still working with it. Uh, I sprained my AC joint in practice. So, um, I was really having a hard time, honestly, because after three years of being a bench warmer and then being told you're going to start and then getting an injury like that, um, that was hard for me. So, um, to have it, there was a while where I felt like I wasn't going to get another chance. Um, because just Ian and Josh were playing well and they deserve to be playing. But um, to unfortunately, the chance came around the way it did. I, I never want to see my guys get hurt. That's terrible. But um, to have a chance to play again and so far to have taken it and not hurt my team at all, uh, I'm really proud of that. Yeah, and so you talked about your coach in there. And then last year, your team appointed a new coach, Garrett Eldridge. How impressed have you been with the way he's handled the team? Yeah, so um, there's a reason that everyone vouched for him uh, when, when Kyle left. We all loved Kyle. Uh, we wish him the best at Tufts. But there was a reason that a lot of guys made it known that they wanted Garrett to be the guy um, when, when, when Desi left. Um, Garrett knows the program. He knows us as individuals. He's one of the brightest soccer minds in the country. Um, he's growing and learning every day about what it means to be a head, college, a head soccer coach at the college level. But uh, he takes everything in stride. And he's very willing to learn, like, everything that he does every day, he's committed to winning. Um, and I think um, I'm excited, like I said, the same with, with looking back. After I'm gone, I'm really excited to see where he takes the program because um, you're not going to meet a lot, a lot of people who are more driven to win than Garrett Eldridge. <laughs> yeah, and one final question. Uh, what are your personal goals or expectations for the rest of this year? Yeah, so um, unfortunately, we put ourselves in a pretty precarious position with the way our out-of-conference season went, um, where uh, we made our destiny, we, we made our path pretty clear if we want to make it to the NCAA tournament. Um, we either have to kind of run the table in, in, in conference play, which is extremely difficult because we play in a really deep league where anyone can beat anyone on any day. Um, you used to get a freebie in there with Bard, but they've appointed a new coach. It seems as though he's running a really good program. He's brought in his own recruiting class and um, there's no freebies anymore, um, which is good. It's good for the depth of the league. And um, we know that if we want to do what we set out to do at the beginning of the season, we have to win a conference championship, which is something none of us have done. Um, it's something that we all talked about before the season being our main goal is before we can talk about winning a national title or making a deep run in the subway tournament, we have to do, um, something none of us have done before, which is winning a conference championship. And right now, um, we're putting ourselves in a great spot based on how we started our first two games. But if we don't continue to work hard and do all the right things on and off the field, and especially during games, we've got to stay switched on and we, we, we can't really 
kind of take our foot off the gas. If, if we let it slip um, the rest of the season, then uh, these first two games won't matter at all. So it's really about um, taking the things that we've done well from these wins and carrying them through the rest of the conference season because um, the margins are so thin in this league that if you slip up, your season can be over like that. And none of us want that. We all want to have this be a really memorable season because we believe this is probably a really, really special group. So uh, we definitely want to make sure that it's um, not a wasted season. So just going to make sure that we're doing what we've been doing well in these first two conference games and kind of carry it through. All right. Well, yeah. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you. Yeah. For taking time out of your day and for the answers you gave. Now back to you, Cam, in the studio. Thanks, Toby. Thus far, Fulgur has been the anchor of this Ithaca men's soccer team, not only not allowing a goal in the last two games, but really has been the guy Ithaca has looked to thus far. The team knows they have the talent, and they have proved it of late. And now we'll look at the week ahead in Ithaca College sports. Women's soccer has two games this week, both on the road as they will travel to Alfred on Thursday at 7 p.m., Tuesday, excuse me, and Bard on Saturday at 1 p.m. Men's soccer will have one game next week, which will be Senior Day on Saturday versus Bard at 2 p.m. Field Hockey will be hosting Oneonta on Wednesday at 6 p.m., and they will travel to William Smith on Saturday for a 1 p.m. game. Volleyball will have two games next week, as they will be hosting Skidmore College on Friday at 7 p.m., and then will host Union the following day at 2 p.m. Well, that is it for episode number five of Sports Talk, in which we were able to catch up with two Ithaca College athletes of the men's soccer team and the women's golf team. Be sure to check out Bombers Radio Net on Twitter for the latest updates regarding our coverage of Ithaca College athletics. Cam Manna saying so long and have a great rest of your Sunday night. Ithaca Now is coming up next.